Welcome to Covenant Conversations, episode number five. Today, your hosts, Peter Washkowitz in New York and I, Shweta Rao in London, will examine how covenants are changing in the light of COVID-19. Hey, Peter, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. In our podcast last week, we concluded that the new spate of uh, high yield issues in the U.S. over the past few weeks priced in risk by reducing tenor and increasing coupon, but didn't make any changes to covenants. And this theme was echoed last week in the Very Sure bonds. Uh, Very Sure got a 200 million floating rate note to the European primary markets last week, and there were no covenant changes in that too. But Peter, you mentioned you saw a new redemption option in AMC's and Adyen's high yield notes so with respect to government support. What was that? Yeah, so um, both Adient and um, AMC, AMC last week, Adient uh, yesterday, came to market with new high-yield bonds. Um, and, and kind of the only thing that was new, they both uh, recently issued bonds, so the, most of the covenants were the same. The one difference was that they each had a new special redemption that uh, allows them to use um, government relief loans uh, from the coronavirus um, relief package to redeem up to 35% of the of, of their bonds at par plus uh, half of the coupon. Um, they were both similar provisions. Um, but yeah, so it, it was a new uh, redemption mechanic that we, that we have now seen. So that is quite interesting because one of the issues that uh, borrowers, at least in Europe, are facing with respect to accessing government support is the time that it's taking to actually get the cash in hand through those schemes. As we pointed out uh, last week in our global analysis on government support as a source of liquidity. So this new redemption option effectively allows them to create the high yield bonds in some sort of bridge financing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that, that, it, it sure seems that way. So moving on to developments in covenants in leveraged loans, there have been several interesting provisions that have again come out of the U.S. in the past few days and weeks. Peter, tell us about them. Yeah, so um, we have gotten, so whereas there have been pretty much no changes in the high yield bond market, um, there have been a plethora of changes in uh, the leveraged loans. Um, you know, every, every day, upwards, you know, 10 to maybe 25 companies are announcing amendments that they've gotten to their uh, credit agreements. And not surprisingly, um, pretty much all of these um, amendments revolve around the company's uh, financial maintenance covenants. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they're kind of taking um, a, a number of different tracks, but all kind of similar. Um, you know, I'd say generally, um, the, the baskets are, you know, they're either waived for a few quarters, um, and then they come back into effect. However, um, when they do come back into effect, the companies can uh, choose to use their EBITDA from 2019 instead of their EBITDA from 2020 for the second, third, and up to, and possibly the the the, the fourth quarters um, instead of their 2020 EBITDA, which obviously has been impacted by the coronavirus, uh, for maintenance uh, maintenance compliance uh, calculations only. Right. Um, and and another 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 one is you know some of them are they're having their covenants waived and replaced with a liquidity requirement um, and then you know once the covenants revert um, you know there's some kind of formulation where the EBITDA is either 2019 um, in Penn Virginia's amendment um, it's this very wonky formulation where the company can choose 
whether they want to use um, if their March 2021 EBITDA multiplied by four is greater than their December 2020 plus March 2021 EBITDA multiplied by two, they can kind of choose whichever EBITDA they want. Um, but it, it's kind of the same thing. It's it's essentially um, all these amendments are really aimed at uh, pretty much kind of ignoring 2020 EBITDA results because of the coronavirus and just kind of going back to 2019 um, and then 2021 and going forward, everything is kind of reverts to the same thing. Right. And this this creativity in the way EBITDA is being formulated is with respect to testing the leverage covenant, which remains in place. Uh, correct. Yeah. So um, now it look it, most most of these agreements have either waived or loosened the covenants, at least for um, the March 2020, uh, June 2020 uh, and September 2020 quarters. Yeah. Um, and, and then yeah, starting in either December or March, uh, they come back. And uh, they all have a, yeah, and, and then it, it just depends on the mechanics for which EBITDA they can include. So that gives them a lot of flexibility. That's very interesting. And this doesn't translate to giving them extra capacity under their EBITDA grower baskets, because you mentioned that they are suspending the use of their baskets. It's a great point. Um, yeah, so a lot of them, uh, a lot of these amendments have either limited the, the company's ability to access a lot of their, their debt capacity, investment capacity, RP capacity, um, or some of them. Uh, th this EBITDA formulation is only in respect of the maintenance covenant. So yeah. if you have a credit agreement that allows capacity based on, you know, a percent of EBITDA, um, that EBITDA is going to be the EBITDA of that of the last 12 months, which would include the coronavirus impacted EBITDA. So presumably that's going to be quite low. So, yeah, I mean, in, in either case, uh, you know, the, EBITDA, the boosted EBITDA from 2019 is not going to give them additional capacity to the extent they even have it anyway. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so there's there's some fair amount of creativity being seen in the way lenders are dealing with precipitous decline in EBITDA that is forecast for many, many companies. Um, and w we were talking about RCF draws and, you know, in one of our earlier podcasts, we mentioned that we were wondering if lenders might take a position that coronavirus has created a material adverse circumstance or ha will have a material adverse effect on the borrowers and that will prevent them from drawing on their RCFs. You mentioned you saw some drafting around this recently. Uh, yeah, so we've seen in a few of these amendments um, that either the definition of MAE has been amended to you know explicitly state that any uh, material adverse effects stemming from or resulting from the coronavirus do not constitute an MAE, or that you know um, the MAE only applies to pre and essentially post uh, coronavirus period. So again, kind of either carving it out or just disregarding any effects of the coronavirus on the MAE. But what what I think is is more interesting than that is you know as you and I were talking about. Um, you know, we we were wondering whether lenders would kind of push back on revolver draws because a lot of these companies would have had to, you know, do a bring down uh, MAE representation. Right. And, you know, some of them may have, you know, maybe some of these lenders would have said, well, now we're in an MAE uh, period. Um, we have not seen any of that, or at least I, I have not seen any of that, ex with the exception of one Canadian oil and gas company. And I'm not sure that was for an MAE. But what I think is interesting is, a lot of these companies that are getting amendments are feeling um, the need to explicitly state that the coronavirus has not caused an MAE. 
which, you know, I don't know if it implies or infers this, but um, maybe they they kind of came to the realization that, OK, maybe the coronavirus conceivably is an MAE. So let's just explicitly state that it's not, which just brings us back to our original question that we're, you know, it's surprising that no lenders did push back when all these companies were drawing uh, on their revolvers in, in mid-March. Um, lenders are perhaps being understanding of the circumstances that are, you know, completely unprecedented, and that's um, not a bad thing, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these changes kind of, you know, I, I mean, they, they, they do kind of make sense. I mean, this is, uh, you know, everything, the economy is shut down, so obviously EBITDAs are going to go down, a lot of them through no fault of these companies. So, um, you know, it really does seem like lenders and, and borrowers really have come to a, a, a very equitable understanding as to how to treat uh, EBITDA for the next few quarters. Right. And that's what what is required for the financial markets to f- continue to function in a smooth way is to have harmony between the different participants. Yep. So to summarize, the changes we're seeing in, in uh, documents is with respect to redemption options, um, what EBITDA is taken into account for calculating whether you're meeting your financial covenant, and also uh, a clarification that coronavirus does not, for the purpose of the agreement, constitute an MAE. Uh, Craig, I just, uh, one other thing I, I, I forgot to mention, in uh, Warner Music's uh, amendment, they actually explicitly said that um, the company was not allowed to add back any lost revenues to EBITDA as a result of the coronavirus. Uh, you know, there's been some talk as to whether uh, any of these uh, EBITDA addbacks could uh, uh, could be used to add back some lost uh, the lost revenue from coronavirus. This was the first amendment and the only amendment I've seen so far that has explicitly said that you cannot add back revenues from coronavirus uh, losses. That is very interesting. We will definitely keep an eye on that and flag to our subscribers and listeners when and if we see any more developments uh, with respect to EBITDA and the impact of coronavirus on it in documentation, including where lost revenue cannot be added back, because that definitely was something that was being discussed amongst lawyers at least. Great. So that that was a nice roundup catch up for the week. And I hope you have a good week ahead. Keep us up to date on creative formulations and luring you see across the pond. You as well. Uh, Take care, Shweta. You take care. Bye, Peter. Bye. Bye.